y'all, it's Brawl, and you're listening to the Complete Roller Derby Survival Guide Podcast. We're going to need an acronym for that one. I know there's a lot of acronyms in roller derby already, but I think I think we might we might need one. Some sort of nickname. I don't know. Anyway, um, this is episode one, and if you haven't listened to the trailer already, the Complete Roller Derby Survival Guide is a podcast exploring the ins and outs of the roller derby world from all perspectives. This season, it's going to be just me, Brawl. Um, but next season and all the season, hopefully all the seasons in the future, I'm hoping to interview a bunch of different skaters and people from different perspectives. Um, my idea is to have one season that is like setting the tone, you know, talking about some different subjects and see who wants to come on the pod and talk about the same subjects that I talk about in season one on season two. I hope that makes sense. Um, if you want to join the conversation now, survival guide on Instagram um, or on TikTok and we can start talking about it there. You can also email me at derbysurvivalguide at gmail.com and you can, you know, ask questions, you know, contribute to the conversation and or request to be on the pod next season if you'd like. Also, you do not have to be like some famous roller derby player in order to be on the pod. I would love to hear from everyone and anyone that has opinions and wants to be on it. And you don't even have to do like a full interview. If you would just want to like submit a voice clip or something, we can talk about that as well. If you have an idea for an episode you want to be on or not, send me those too. Most of this podcast is going to be about like political subjects or making derby more accessible, making it more inclusive, um, talking about injuries, things that you might relate to as a skater who's at least a minute, Um, but this episode is actually going to be a roller derby beginner's primer. I know that newbie skaters can be super overwhelmed. I think I was really lucky in terms of the league that I started at, but they were really good at onboarding skaters, um, at least in terms of figuring out what gear you need and all that type of stuff, and I had some really good resources to help me there. So I wanted to provide that in an online format for other new skaters. Subjects we're going to go over are all things that will be covered in more detail in other episodes of the podcast, but I wanted to just do a quick a quick guide for a new skater here. We'll talk about the basics of gear, um, self-care when you're starting roller derby, cross-training, rest days, restorative practices, choosing a minimum number, and also finding your role and your skating style on the pipe. If you made it to this podcast episode, you likely know the basics of roller derby, but we're going to go over it real quick. So essentially how roller derby works is there's 10 players on the track at all times. Well, not at all times, but a team fields 10 players. There's a jammer who has the star on their head, and then there are four blockers from each team. Each team has the same makeup. Um, The jammer is the person that scores the points. The blockers play offense and defense in order to inhibit the opposite jammer from scoring points and to assist their jammer in scoring points. And basically, the jammers start behind a line. Everybody else starts in a box, you know, in front of them. The jammers have to get through the pack, which is what the largest group of players on the track at any given time is called, the pack. The jammers have to get through the pack. Then once they get through the pack, they start doing laps. 
every time they pass someone on the opposing team, every time their hips pass the hips of a member of the opposing team, a blocker of the opposing team to be specific, they get a point for their team. And there's a lot more to it than that. There's lots of rules, lots of like elements to it. But I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that we're just out here throwing elbows, headbutting, tripping people. And although there are forms of derby that mostly used to exist that do that, did that, this is a regulated sport at this point, and there are lots of rules of engagement. There's rules about what body parts you can use to make contact with someone else on the track, and there are rules about what parts of their body you can contact with your body you know, in order to play the game. So that's, that's the basics. So now let's get into gear. Uh, gear can get really expensive, but if you're not sure that you are going to be a long-term derby player and you're just trying it out, you don't want to drop a whole bunch of money on it. At least I didn't want to. Um, most leagues will have gear that you can rent to begin with, as in borrow, and you don't usually have to pay for it. Um, it's usually like a big gear library or just like a locker full of gear that people have donated. Um, whether it's from the skate shop or from skaters who have just, you know, upgraded their gear and left old gear for new skaters to use. Usually the league that you're starting with will have something for you. Oh, also, if you haven't found a league yet, the best way to do it is just to search, like, the WFTDA, the Women's Flat Track Derby Association website, or just literally Google, like, your town or your county roller derby team or roller derby league. Also in recording this, I'm realizing that something that might be confusing for people is, are the acronyms, but especially when it comes to, like, the different types of roller derby. Essentially, there's flat track and bank track. Bank track is, like, what you think of with whip it, with the, like, banked track, the track that's like angled, and then flat track is played on a flat floor. Um, the two bigger leagues for, or bigger associations for flat track are WFTDA, so WFTDA, which is, stands for the Women's Flat Track Derby Association, but if you don't fall under the category of like being a woman, you can probably still play with your local league that plays WFTDA. They are expanding on their like gender acceptance policies. It's just kind of like an outdated um, name at this point. You could also look into MURDA, which is the Men's Roller Derby Association. Um, they have leagues around the world as well. But in terms of this podcast, unless I'm having a guest on that skates in a different league, or I mean a different association, what I'm referring to is usually WFTDA rules. Um, so Women's Flat Track Derby Association. There's also USARS, which I have played a little bit of. That's USA Roller Sports, and that's a different rule set. It's the rule set that Team USA plays by. But anyway, let's get back to gear. There are so many options when it comes to skates. If you're coming to Roller Derby, there is a likelihood that you already have a pair of skates, which is awesome. There are leagues that will teach you how to skate. Um, so if you don't have skates, this will also be helpful. But if you do have skates, are they derby skates? Uh, derby skates allow for a lot more ankle mobility and just like movement and speed. 
than like say a pair of boardwalk skates would or a pair of skates that you might wear at the skate park. Another thing is having the correct wheels. Let's take a little bit more advanced. But I would say go to your local skate shop if you have one and try on a bunch of boots. And even if they don't have a complete setup for you to like skate around in, it's still good to get a feel of what the boot feels like instead of just ordering one online. You can also ask your league members, like if you're joining a league, ask your teammates if you can borrow their skates. Say, who has the same size boot as me and can I please borrow them? Um, especially if there isn't like a huge variety in the league skate, li league skate library. Did I get any more? A pair of skates. And on the skates, there's also going to be toe stops and wheels and laces and all those things. But honestly, that's pretty advanced. Basically, just what I did is I bought a complete setup. It was like a pair of Rydells. They were the cheapest ones I could find. They were the Rydell Darts. I do not recommend those, especially. I think a good rule to follow is if you like like a stiff running shoe, if you're a runner or have run ever, if you like a stiff running shoe with like a lot of support, you aren't going to want like a super cushy skate boot should have been obvious, but it was not to me. So I went with a super, super cushy skate boot. It did not go well. I basically almost had a stress fracture in one of my feet because I, my feet were slipping around. Um, but yeah, go with a boot that is similar to the type of running shoe that you would choose. And test out as many skates as you possibly can before investing in a good pair. Also check out like Facebook Marketplace and other secondhand gear options because boots are expensive and there are a lot of people <laughs> who try it out and then decide it's not for them. So the hard part is obviously they're like sized boots. They're the size of your foot so you have to find the right size secondhand and that can take some time. So if you have a set that you can just use for now and then search for like the perfect set, do that. Okay, next, you're going to need safety gear. Most leagues, at least if they're WFTBA, they're going to require you to bring at least a mouth guard, a heat-molded mouth guard. You can go out and buy, like, those hockey mouth guards that are just, like, sticky and you, like, dip it in your mouth, but then you can't speak, and they also hurt. <laughs> um, you can't drink water with them in. Terrible, in my opinion. Uh, most everybody uses Sisu, S-I-S-U brand mouth guards. Uh, you just dunk them in some very hot, almost boiling water. They become pliable, and then you like mold them to your teeth. If you've ever played roller, or if you've ever played rugby, you know what I'm talking about. So those are like maybe 20 bucks. So go out and get yourself one of those if you're even thinking about doing roller derby, or like thinking about going to a recruitment day. Next, you're going to need pads. You're going to need elbow pads, wrist guards, and knee pads. And there's once again a huge variety on the market, but I would suggest going with something that has more padding than you think you want. Like you want mobility, but you want padding, especially on your knees. Um, do not buy your pads secondhand. They take impact and then like degrade massively. So buy new pads. Then you're also going to need a helmet. There are skate rated helmets, so not a bike helmet. You can use a hockey helmet because they're rated the same as a skate, like a roller skate helmet. 
for like skateboard helmet. Um, but a bike helmet is rated for like a single big impact, not for many impacts over time. But you can get a helmet that has a visor or no visor. Just make sure it's not tinted. It has to be a clear visor. In terms of order of buying things, I would highly recommend if you have a pair of skates that you can borrow long term, wait on buying the pair of skates that you want. You know, figure out what type of skater you are. I would definitely buy your own safety gear like helmet and pads as soon as possible because that shit gets so sweaty and you want to be able to like wash it and like, you know, it's have your own germs on it, not like borrowed germs. <laughs> also, when you go to buy gear, it's highly likely that your league has some sort of partnership with a local skate shop or a skate shop of some kind. So see if you can get some sort of discount. Usually the local skate shop gives the local roller derby league like a 10 to 25 percent discount usually like 10 15 percent i believe um if they're a supporter of the league okay now that gear is out of the way what should you expect at a recruitment event usually leagues have recruitment events about once a quarter or like at least once or twice a year um so if you're not a transfer skater as in you've been skating in a different league and then you're just like moving to a new league if you are a new ass skater you want to look for a recruitment night. Um, some leagues don't have recruitment nights. They have rolling recruitment, so you're going to have to check and see what your local league does. But, for example, the league I'm on now, Blue Ridge Roller Derby, has derby school, and there's different, like, flights of derby school. So, you know, right now one just finished up and everybody tests their skills and see to see if they need to go through derby school again or to just start skating on the league. Um, my last league, Rocky Mountain Roller Derby, we had like, I think it was one recruitment event on a Saturday, once a quarter, and anybody could show up, they could use the gear that they had, had to bring a mouth guard, and, and there would be a bunch of skaters there to just like show you what roller derby is about, you do some very, very basic skills, just like get on skates, talk about how roller derby works, and how the structured so like with everything every league across the country does everything differently but you should just expect to be getting on skates if you're going to a recruitment night um, you probably don't have to bring your own but you will be on skates once you get on the track this is obviously going to be something that is so new to you and your body you're going to be exhausted Physically and mentally, there are so many rules. It's this new thing that your new group that you're joining. So like socially, it's a, a you know exertion, and then also physically, it's a totally different thing. You're on skates. Um, if you're brand new, you're probably not hitting people yet, but you're like doing weird shit on eight wheels. Um, you're probably falling a lot. If you're trying hard, you're falling. That's just that's how it is. <laughs> Even if you're not hitting or getting hit, um, you're going to fall a lot. So something that's super important for everybody, but especially new skaters, is self-care and restorative practices. Um, give yourself rest days. I usually try to schedule a rest day in like the day after a practice. So if my practices are Wednesdays and Sundays, I usually take a day off from any sort of strenuous exercise on Thursday and Monday. And those are also usually the days that I will schedule any kind of like body work or like 
spa day that I do, which sounds bougie, but it's really just like my body cannot function without these things. Um, I do like hot cold therapy, so like saunas, cold plunges, and then I have a body worker who this will be in a different episode, but I have a really hypermobile body, so I need someone to just like straighten me out sometimes. Um, stretching doesn't doesn't always do it, but definitely stretch, find restorative practices to do on the days after or when you get home from dirty practice, especially when you're new. I know that I just like was like, oh cool, roller derby, I'm so tough. I'm throwing myself into other people. And then I also started park skating and I was throwing myself into concrete. And I saw someone who was a body worker, like, just like, because <laughs> my body hurt. And they were like, are you doing, other than this massage, are you doing any restorative practices? And I was like, I hate yoga. I'm not doing that. And they were like, well, there's, there's other options. So find options that work for you. Uh, you're not going to be in dirty, you're not going to be in dirty long term if you don't find restorative practices. Kind of sort of on the same note, I would highly recommend getting health insurance if you don't have it. I know this is like a uniquely American problem, but the reality of roller derby is it's, you can do it safely and you can do it smartly, but you're still putting yourself at risk of injury. And most leagues require you to have skate insurance, like for example, through WFTDA. Um, but you should probably have health insurance too. If you're like a contractor or something, I would highly recommend buying some health insurance. There's relatively cheap plans that at least pay for, you know, some urgent care so you're not paying all out of pocket in case something happens. One thing you can do to try to prevent injury is to cross-train. Some leagues will incorporate incorporate cross-training into their training schedule, some will not, but it is highly recommended that if you don't already, pick up some sort of cross-training. Um, you might need to figure out like what your goals in roller derby are before deciding on what exact cross-training plan you want to participate in. But I think strength training and cardio, I mean, those are the two big ones, but find the ones that work for you. So for me, I will run sometimes, I cycle, I swim, um, and those are all for cardio endurance, obviously. And then I also strength train, and I do certain things like certain hit workouts or like lifting workouts that are targeting muscles that I need in roller derby, but also I just want to be strong overall because that makes you super, or at least way more injury protective, injury resistant than if you didn't cross train. Not only does it make you better at better on the track as a derby player, but it also decreases your likelihood of getting injured on the track. Usually after like a month of skating, once you've been on a league for about a month, you get to choose your name or number, which is very exciting. Um, it's so much pressure. <laughs> it's, I, I really wish, I've been thinking about changing my derby name. So right now it's Aaron Go Brawl. I might change it to Bell of the Brawl because it's like my actual nickname. Like what people call me is the same, so it's not confusing. But like, I don't know. It's really hard to like choose your name when you've only been in it for a month. And I know that part of it is that like I became a vastly different person after I started roller derby. Not just because of roller derby, but just like becoming my own person, doing things that I want to do. And uh, anyway... Don't put too much pressure on yourself. You could always theoretically change your name later. It's a little hard to do. Um, but yeah, choose a number that 
either goes with your mood or like or don't I don't know do do whatever you want I think people one thing I would recommend is try to look up and see if there's an active skater using the same name as you especially in your area um because not only is it kind of rude but also just like confusing if you choose a name that's too close to someone else that you might be skating with also, in the world of social media, you want to be different. I didn't know that there was another Erin Gabral when I chose my name. I looked on like some skater registry, and she wasn't on there, but there's a pretty well-known park skater who's Erin Gabral, and I get messages from people thinking that I'm her on Instagram. Not infrequently, so... <laughs> um, yeah, choose something that's like super specific to you if you can. There are derby name generators out there where you can just like put in your first or last derby name and then generate the op the opposite one or generate both. That might be a fun way to try looking for something. Um, I would look at websites of just like puns because <laughs> a lot of roller derby, if you can't think of one, if you have one in mind, cool, great, go for it. But if you can't think of one, look on the thesaurus or like some pun Last thing we're going to talk about is finding your role and your skating style on the track. This is probably not going to be a fast process, if we're very honest. Um, my role and skating style has changed quite a bit, but I will say that there are like elements of it that I knew from the beginning. For example, I love when people spin around, like they're a jammer and they spin around the blockers. I loved watching people do that, and I also liked those types of moves at the skate park, so I like focus really hard on getting my 180s down. Um, I'm going to do a whole separate episode about trying to remove wellness culture from derby culture, um, and I took a really great seminar recently about it at Rollercon, but one big thing, when you're a new skater, don't let anybody tell you what you look like you would be good at unless they have seen how you skate and how you play. If they take one look at you before you even put skates on and they're like, you're going to be a great blocker, you're going to be a great jammer, etc., ignore that. <laughs> you can do whatever you want on the track. It doesn't matter what your body shape or body you know, size or type is. Also, your body size can change, and that doesn't always change the type of skater that you are, uh, just to prove that it's irrelevant. Um, and I have experience with that. So we'll talk about that in a different episode. But my point is, don't pigeonhole yourself. Just do all the skills, try all the things, and see what you excel at. You might be a great all-around skater, and that's amazing. And so just, you know, keep honing in on that. Keep working on all the aspects. If you think, I hate blocking and I don't want to do it, I would still go to, like, blocking practices and stuff. Blocker practices or vice versa if you say I am not jamming no fucking way I would still go to practices that are aimed towards jammers because you will learn a lot whether it's footwork or just like ways to get in front of a jammer like you learn things from a jammer that is teaching a practice that will help you as a blocker does that make sense so <laughs> don't discount yourself don't count anything out when you first step on the track. Just try it all, you know? See what you can do. And I think that's really all I have to say. If you have something to add, email me at 
rollerderbysurvivalguide at gmail.com. You can go over to our Instagram and, you know, send me a message or comment. Um, I also have a TikTok. As of now, when I'm recording this, I haven't populated a whole lot on social media, but I'm assuming that in the future I have, and that's probably how you found this episode. So go back to the social media platform. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Um, let me know if there's something you want to talk about in future episodes. I'm always down to hear feedback. This is also my first time ever recording a podcast, so if you have podcast advice, like I know the audio was not the best. I'm working on it. It's a learning curve. We'll get there. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you want to like, like and subscribe to this podcast or let me know what platform you want to see it on, let me know. Uh, write a review. Um, again, thanks for listening. This has been the Complete Roller Derby Survival Podcast, and talk to you next time. Bye.